Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Amiel. We love video games and movies, and we love talking about them. So we are hosting a new podcast where every week we choose one video game and one movie to talk about. We will go through each click and flick from beginning to end and talk about what we like and don't like. And then we will give you a rating based completely on our own opinions and nothing else. Ciao. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back. Here we are, flicking and clicking. Flicking and clicking. Clicking and flicking. Flicking and <laughs> clicking and flicking. <laughs> yes. Another episode. What episode are we on now? Five? I think it's I think it's four. Four? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm excited for this episode. This mm-hmm. episode we both picked, I think unknowingly kind of like mind trippy yes things that kind of connected but not I mean they're very similar in the aspect of of your mind being in a looping roller coaster they're both about time yes really yes um so I think we start with the flick this time Uh, I'm ready so (laughs) I'm excited I'm so ready I want to start with this quote from the movie. Okay. Ooh. People like to think of themselves as points moving through time, but I think it's probably the opposite. We are stationary and time passes through us. So that is from I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which came yes. out on Netflix. I think it came out 2020. I think mm-hmm. you're right. So it yeah. came out last year. What did you think of it? Um, my initial thought when, um, when I saw the beginning of the movie, I was, I was enamored. I I was like, I love the way this is shot. It's beautiful. It's, um, it also starts with her kind of inner monologuing, Mm -hmm. which immediately Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of. And, um, so I was instantly excited and I was also really off put by the scene they chose to start with so I was very like I was in this weird like limbo of like "Ooh, I like this and then I was like wait what's Mm. going on here Mm -hmm. so that was my initial thought so the movie starts out with the the narrator the main character Lucy is getting ready to go visit her boyfriend's parents to meet them for the first time on his farmhouse right right so it's the first trip to the family farm and she is already thinking of ending things so she's Mm -hmm. contemplating just not being with him did they ever give a timeline of how long they had been dating okay so that's when things are i feel like the stories change a lot in this movie okay Um, okay just making yeah. sure. I, at one point they say this was six weeks ago. She says that they met six weeks ago in her head. Um, but Got I it. think that as we get into the movie, <clears throat> we see that we are we can't really be sure of that or of anything, right? Right. right. 
Um, so I'm just kind of going to go through the movie kind of shot by shot as best I can, (laughs) because I feel like that's the only way to explain this movie. 100%. There's a lot of like minute details that need to be explained. So a lot of these things are like thoughts in her head that Mm -hmm. she'll be thinking of something and a lot of times Jake will interrupt her as if he could hear yes. her thoughts, which is interesting, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And there is the first time this kind of happens that we think that he can hear her thoughts is when she first gets in the car. And her thought is, I'm thinking of ending things. And he says, what did you say? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did I say something? Oh, I thought I heard something. Yeah. Right? So we're already a little bit... This is a little bit weird. It's not quite as straightforward as what we think is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing is that cutting between the car and the house on the farm, we see an old man mm-hmm. on the farmhouse, and he's just getting ready for work, um, mm-hmm. getting in his car, you know, doing his morning routine. And we keep cutting back and forth to the old man in the house and the couple driving to the parents' house. So the boyfriend, so Jake is explaining to Lucy how the mother's not doing well. And then he just gets like really agitated when she starts, anytime that he gives her a detail, she kind of questions it. And then he gets upset and like agitated about yeah. it. Like he just wants things to be a certain way and yeah. he doesn't want her to, to question anything. Or to bring up any details. Right. I'm almost, I almost get the vibe too that he's embarrassed. Mm, yes. Um, especially initially. Mm-hmm. Then she gets a call in the car and the person calling her says Lucy, which is like her. Like the incoming yes, call. which was her yep. name, which mm-hmm. is what he already called her. So he asks, who is it? And she says, oh, it's just a friend. It's a friend. And she friend. doesn't answer it, right? <clears throat> Right. So then she says for the first time that she's worried about getting home on time. She has work in the morning. So she has to be at home and tonight. And it's snowing. Snowing heavily. Well, kind of. What she has to be home in the morning to do for work also changes throughout the movie. It cuts back to the old man who was on the farmhouse. He gets to work and we find out he's the custodian at the high school. Cut back to the car, and they turn on music, and it starts playing um, the song from Oklahoma, Many a New Day Will Please My Eyes. Yes. <laughs> and he's so shocked that she doesn't know it's from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, my God. Like, it's from and Oklahoma. And she's should... like, oh, you like musical theater? This. He goes, well, I know a few shows, and literally lists off, like, 25 shows <laughs> yeah yeah which are all you get a very panicked feeling when he's talking right about it it's, too. and You're it's like, all oh. like repetitive and just uncomfortable the way this movie is shot yes. is very slow very drawn out it's a really long movie and so this kind of like listing is just kind of like it's kind of like your mind trailing off and he's just listing off yep. musicals so and yep i feel definitely. like your mind trailing off is a lot of this movie. It's like, it's just like that pacing of just like yep. so slow 
and not really knowing where you're going. Right, right. <clears throat> so... Because all you know right now is that she's going to meet the parents. But yeah, it's it's a trailing, like, buildup. Mm-hmm. So it cuts back and forth. Him explaining how he knows the song from Oklahoma is because he did it when he went, went to high school. And the high school does mm-hmm. it every year. Oh, my God. Doing Oklahoma every year. Or, or not... <laughs> Not every year, but it's like he says it's one of the shows they do more often uh-huh. throughout the years because because it's they live in like a farm town. But all of the musicals he's listing is are basically the shows that the theater department does at the high school or has done over the years, I guess in his lifetime, not just in the four years he was in high school. He listed many. Right, right. <clears throat> then he asks her to recite a poem that she wrote. This is interesting because she wrote this poem and one of the lines says coming home to a wife or an emptiness of a wife. However, from her perspective, she wouldn't be coming home to a wife. So it seems like the poem is written from a male perspective. It's a um, doesn't sound like a woman wrote it. Right. And he he doesn't comment about it. But he, he says, um, it sounds like you wrote he it about me. Mm-hmm. He says, it sounds like you wrote it about me. And she was like, well, I, that's what I hope for is that anybody can like relate to my poetry. And he goes, mm, it sounds right. like you wrote it about me. And she's like, rolls mm. her eyes, whatever. He doesn't get it. Um. They get into a lot, a lot of arguments, philo- like philosophical arguments in in the car. And I'm not, I don't mm-hmm. want to go over each one that they talk about, but they go over movies and they talk about <clears throat> life and how whether or not living every, anything that's living wants to live. And he gets very upset with her because she's very contrarian to his opinions. Right. So they get to the farmhouse and they don't. He doesn't go inside right away. He waves to his mom from the window for like an awkward amount of time, way too long. Yes. And like I said, yes. everything in this movie is slow and drawn out and just it's like your mind wandering through the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's it's hard because it's like the portrayal he already had set for his mom, and then seeing her in the window. Mm. For me, that's when my brain started to, yeah, where it gives you time to think about it, but you're like, what is, what are the possibilities? What's happening? Because he's so expressive Mm -hmm. on his face that even his words aren't enough. You have to see his face to like grasp it. So he goes straight to the barn and he goes and they go and see sheep. And he's kind of aggressive about her asking questions about the sheep again, like, oh, what what's going to happen? And he's like, mm-hmm. you're not doing what I want you to do, which is following me to the pig pen, which is where he was like showing her how the pigs had to be um, put down because he found maggots eating their stomach while they were still alive. 
Because um, they wouldn't move out of this spot. Mm-hmm. It was a dark spot in the barn. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that there was something there. Um, yeah. It was it, the he way he described they, it was really gruesome. It, they were laying down for a few days and they were going and feeding them, but they mm-hmm. weren't really getting up. And so finally they went to move them mm-hmm. and they were so heavy because they're hogs. And once he finally, the dad was finally able to move them, he found that they had been being eaten alive by maggots. And so that was a really traumatic experience for Jake yeah. in his childhood. So they go in the house and Jake offers her slippers because of the cold floors. She says, no, yes. of course not. You keep them. And it cuts back to the high school with the custodian, and he's going through the halls, and you see that they are practicing a current production of Oklahoma. So these two things kind of shadow each other throughout the movie. Right, right. Which is really interesting when it leads up to the finale. So Absolutely, um, yes. She starts looking... So they're sitting in the family room. Parents are upstairs. They're waiting for them to come down. And she sees a door with scratches on it. Jake was also frantically, Mm -hmm. like, searching for his parents, too. He, like, runs upstairs and is like, hello, hello. Like, almost like nobody was there and he was afraid that... Like it was an empty house. Like, almost like he was... Mm -hmm. In my... Yeah. And, like, he was Mm -hmm. expecting nobody to be here. Like he, and that like was he didn't want so to hear someone to respond. Me. Like he was calling out to make yes. sure it was empty. Is what yes. it sounded like. Yes, which is weird. Right, and then eventually, yeah, eventually, his dad's like, "We're coming down." Mm-hmm. I don't know why that off put me so bad, but ooh, I'll 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 tell so you about it at the end. Because sits ooh, down man. in the family room, and what's interesting is that she says. This reminds me of the house I grew up in. And he says all farmhouses are kind of look alike, right? But then she notices the scratched door with tape on it. And Mm -hmm. he says that goes to the basement. And he says, I hate the basement. And she's like, well, I want to go down and see it because I didn't have a basement growing up in an apartment. Which is, again, so we're seeing things that we can't be sure of now what because she said this reminds me of my old house she like, grew up in a farmhouse uh, or she grew up in an apartment right, we, right these right. details these details of the past will continue to change right um so she like pretends to try to get down in the basement and he like um is really uncomfortable right he doesn't want her in. to even joke about it yeah but then the dog comes in so she goes and starts petting the dog jimmy Favorite character. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy. (laughs) So the parents come downstairs, and Jake's dad just doesn't acknowledge him or, like, look at him in the eye at all in the first scene. Yeah, he's, like, turned sideways looking to the left. Jim, uh, Mm -hmm. sorry, Jake is right in front of him, and he refuses because his wife's to the left, and then um, Lucy's also to the left. And he just doesn't even mm-hmm. pay attention to oh. Yeah, he doesn't look at him at oh. all. Yes, um, sorry, continue. And mm-hmm. oh. they sit down to dinner, and the mom says, everything is from right here on the farm. And 
the main dish is just like a ham. Just a big ham. Yeah. <laughs> So hunkin ham. That's yeah. very uncomfortable, but nothing gets like she doesn't say anything about it. She eats the food, whatever. And they talk about painting. So now, even though in the car she was a poet, now she's at the dinner table. She's right. a painter. And Jake all through the dinner is just very silent and closed off and just. Yes. He stares and at his mom a lot. It's like when someone's in that place where you can tell that they're just one thing away from blowing up. Like, you're just walking on eggshells around them. Yes. He was, yes. like, at that level where it was, like, mm-hmm. just one thing would send him over the edge. But he never did. It was, like, a, right? it was like his way of life was, yeah. that, was that state. <clears throat> yeah. He did at some point. He was He did, like, being... He would, like, bang on the table once, like, but it would always come back to, like... Real quick, yeah. I'm sorry. I said to stop or, you know. Right, right. Mm -hmm. It never fully released. So he um, has her start showing her paintings to her, to the parents from her phone. But when she pulls out her phone, she has all these missed calls from... There were some from Lucy and some from Some from Lucy and then... Louisa. Which Louisa is the name from Sound of Music. So that's another musical um, reference. (laughs) And the dad, the whole time, was questioning. He couldn't grasp the concept of painting if Mm -hmm. there was no person in the painting. So he was so taken aback. He's like, how can you feel an emotion from a painting if there's not a human in the painting expressing that feeling? So she's like, okay, well, like, I'll, I'll show you. Oh, I found that really interesting. So the mom doesn't look at the paintings at all while she's showing them. The mom is staring right at her. And the dad is just very right. critical. Like, well, I can't yep. tell if I'm supposed to be sad unless there's right. someone in the painting looking sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess he's not wrong. <laughs> So then they change the subject. <laughs> she starts telling the story about how they met. And then she says they met at a trivia night. So this is the first um, time that she explains. Right. This is the first variation Mentioned. story of how they met. And it's a trivia night. Okay. And they say that she met at a bar. And he came up and they were talking about something. And then she said, so after a little bit, I finally went up and talked to him because it was clear he wasn't going to say anything to me. And the dad goes, wait, I thought you just said you guys were talking. Mm-hmm. And so then she's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're right. And she starts questioning her own memory. Um, uh-huh. And she goes, that's when she mentions that it happened six weeks ago. And she drinks... One whole glass of wine mm-hmm. in one sip. <laughs> and then it... See, I missed that minor detail, by the way. I missed that. The wine, the drinking wine. But it's just one glass. So we only see her drink one glass mm-hmm. of wine, and she just drinks it down really fast. While Lucy mm-hmm. is in the room looking at pictures in the family room, she notices a picture of her when she was a little girl. And she says, 
Mm. Who mm-hmm. is that? And he says, can't you tell? Mm-hmm. And she goes, no. And he goes, it's me. And then it cuts back, and it's the same child, but it's of it's a little boy. It's the same haircut, same outfit and everything, but instead mm. of it being a little girl, it's a little boy, and it's him. And she's like, huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I missed that detail as well. Yes. So I didn't realize that. Later on in the house, the friend calls again. She gets another call, and she listens to the voicemail this time. And it's a really weird voicemail. Oh, that's right. It says, there's only one mm-hmm. question to resolve. I'm scared. I feel a little crazy. I'm not lucid. The assumptions are right. I can feel my fear growing. Now is the time for the answer. Just one question. One question to answer. Yeah, and it ends. Mm-hmm. And it's a husky man's it's an, voice. It's, it's not Jake's voice. It's not his dad's voice. It could be the custodian. Yep. So Lucy goes and looks out the window, and it's snowing. And she's like, okay, we got to go. Harder. And then she turns around, and the house is empty suddenly. Mm-hmm. Even though everyone was sit- just sitting there talking, she turns around, and the house is empty. And she hears Jake calling from upstairs. So she goes up to Jake's room, and she doesn't see him. It's his childhood room, but she picks up a book of poems, and she starts reading the poem that she wrote in the car, that she was reciting in the car. There's also a shot of Jimmy, the dog's urn, in his bookshelf. And I lost it. Mm. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. I'm, my heart just Because sank. they're so... There's He's, minute details. Yeah. There was like a trike, a yellow trike, um, a single, mm-hmm. uh, like a child's bed. Because those are important details for the end. There's also a DVD of A Beautiful Mind. Which yes. is interesting when we get to the oh, end again. God, <laughs> then the ja- then the dad comes in the room and he is significantly older now. Now he is like much older, probably like thirty yes. years older. She leaves the child. She leaves Jake's room and goes into the um, parents' bedroom where the mom is now just in her like last days. And Jake is feeding her just the, just mush. <laughs> and. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and she's Lucy's refusing like, can eat. we go, please? We need to go. I need to get home. I need to be home tonight. And he is again getting upset because it's not going along with his timeline with what he wants to be doing. And he's saying. He says, don't worry. We're going to go. Right. And Jake is saying, I'm trying to feed my mom. Yeah. We'll go soon. And Lucy's like, okay. In her thoughts, I should just leave him. I should just cut it clean. I should just, you know, we'll never have to talk again. I don't need to wait for things to get better. And she starts walking downstairs, but it's just the shot of the stairs. And she keeps coming down again and again and again. Over and over. But she's in an inner monologue this whole time. Her inner monologue doesn't stop. And there's no pause. There's no... She just keeps talking to herself and she ends at the bottom of the stairs, but then she's at the top again and comes down again. And then she's at the top again and comes down again, just repeating the same thing over and over again. And when she finally gets to the bottom, she's like, 
okay, Jake, we have to go. And Jake is now with his elderly father, helping him at the bottom of the stairs. And she oh, says, I have right. a shift in the morning. And Jake says, oh, she's yes. a waitress. She was a poet, mm. and she was an artist, and she was a physicist, and now she is a waitress. Um, a waitress. And then the mom yeah. comes in, all decked out in 50s housewife mother like leave it to beaver mom yeah and she gives her yep. yep a nightgown to take down to the basement and put in the washing machine is it still the same scene because i think that 50 scene only happened once right yes because in that scene she explains that jake doesn't like things not going mm. his way but she's like i'd mm. much rather not fight against it i just kind of go with it because fighting yeah. against it makes it worse. So she just, like, at this point, he must have been a toddler, and she like four, says, well, maybe five. I don't know if she's talking about him at the age that he was when she is that age. Because she says, oh, this has his baby food on it. So he, when she's that in that age, he's not old enough to digest solids but i think okay. that but because she heard referring <laughs> to that oh jake just blah 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 i think that that is referring to him in his whole life because remember time is is all of it i see i see yeah she was she had just made that comment and it was crucial at that point to understand why he was being the way he was being okay continue sorry so she goes down to the basement to start washing the nightgown mm -hmm. and she's pulls as she's pulling out clothes from the washer, they're all custodian uniforms. Everything is the custodian's uniform in the yeah. washer. And she looks mm -hmm. over and she sees all of Jake's paintings. And she mm -hmm. notices all the work looks a lot like hers. The one she was showing on her phone to the dad. But when she looks back on her phone to see her pictures again, she has no pictures on her yeah, phone. Yeah, they're gone. Going back upstairs, now mom is in her mm -hmm. final, final days. She's laying in a hospital bed. She looks right. She, she looks, looks dead. dead. Um, Jake keeps yeah. saying she's sleeping, yeah. but her eyes are open and she's not breathing. Right. And the dad comes in and he's younger now than he's ever been. He's like a 30-year-old dad walking in with a wrench and he's like, oh, I'm just working on the disposal. And then mm -hmm. they say goodbye, they put the chains on their car, and they finally start the drive home, which is only halfway through the movie. <laughs> it's wild to think and that. And at this point, I really thought, wow, I'm only halfway through the movie. <laughs> so, Yeah. Up, up until now, so I, I guess I can say this now get it out of the way because this entire up until now I was going through an episode I don't know what it was but I was really anxious I was really mm -hmm. fighting with reality right right then and there I had an episode where I felt like it was like dizzy and I couldn't really like keep my eyes straight it was weird I feel like this movie pulls that out of you I couldn't watch it all in one sitting. I had to like oh, watch it in three separate it chunks. Made, yeah, I was not, I mean, it didn't help that I was freaking out before the movie. And then when I started it, it exacerbated everything. I was like tripping 
balls. I was so out of my out of my head watching this movie because I was struggling with my own reality and then for there to be a movie inhibiting that. Oh. So I was I was struggling. It was I was capturing every moment, but I was, you know, I was also fighting the fact of feeling like I was Lucy and that I was just not lucid basically. It was so weird. So weird. So after this point, it got better because I was able to kind of like focus in on my mental state. But whoa. Mm. So they're finally driving home and in the car, they start talking about, oh, that was a successful visit. Jake says. Yeah. What would you think of them? Oh, they were nice. Right. Yeah. And Jake but then Lucy starts questioning about questioning the events of the night when Jake says, oh, you and dad were talking about this. I helped my mom do dishes. She goes, I don't remember you helping your mom do dishes. Oh, yes. And she, he, mm-hmm. Jake says, well, you drank like six glasses of wine. You kept drinking wine. And she was like, I don't remember yeah. that either. So she's just questioning the events. And this is where she says the, the quote, people like to think of themselves as points moving through time. Um, but she's experiencing time all passing through her, which was everything kind of in that house, which is why everything's happening at different times. Then they start arguing about a movie. The movie was called A Woman Under the Influence. And he says that he likes the movie. And she, of course, says she disagrees. And then she goes into a speech that is verbatim, a 1974 review of that movie. And she, like, her character switches and she starts doing almost an impersonation of the author. And this is a real, this is a real life movie review written about this movie. And she's reciting it word for word, doing an impression of the author as if it was, like, you know, her, her reading yeah. it to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Her own words kind of thing. And then he yeah. starts having a crisis again <laughs> because he cannot handle someone disagreeing with him. Yeah. And then they start talking about his mother again because he's upset that she said, um, while they were talking <laughs> about Tulsi Town, something about sweet and cold, and she said, like, your mother... And he didn't like that, did not take that well at all, and then started going through his own head about Sigmund Freud and how blaming everything on your mother and yada yada. And they argue about this as well. And one thing I do want to note about their arguments Mm -hmm. is that it's almost like arguing with yourself, where it's like your Mm -hmm. mind Mm -hmm. will always have a back and forth because whatever you can think of to yeah whatever excuse you can think of for something you can think of a rebuttal in your own head and so you're preparing right. yourself right it's as if like you're preparing your side of an argument but then in your head you think well what are they going to say and then you have to think of right. a response to that thing and it's like their conversations are all right that energy to me yes Yes, absolutely. So then they 
break the tension and decide to stop at Tulsi Town for some blizzards. Shakes. <laughs> yeah. Like concrete. Yeah. Um, so this movie actually is based off a book. And in the book, they stop at a Dairy Queen. They just couldn't get the rights for Dairy Queen. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> Considering how many freaking references are in this movie to, like, everything. Like, books, art, poetry. Um, right. Musicals. Dairy Queen, nope. Dairy Queen said no. <laughs> One scene in the movie. <laughs> um, so they call it Tulsi Town. For real. <laughs> And it's basically a Dairy Queen. So they go and they get blizzards, these, like, huge blizzards. And the girls who work there are these two, like, blonde, like, typical high school mean girls. Like, they are gossipy, fake, flirty to make fun of you in a way. Like, it seems like like specifically to him. He doesn't even want to go up to the window because he says that they'll know it's him. Yes. Um, Not genuine. Which means that they're girls in high school probably girls he went to high school with and then the third girl is like brunette yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) and not pretty and she has like a rash on her arm and that's she says to lucy Mm -hmm. the smell is varnish and then she makes her her blizzards and gives them to her and says actually it's not varnish i'm worried I'm worried for you. And she says, you know, you don't have to keep going forward in time, which mm-hmm. is so weird. And she goes, whoa. It was a pinnacle mm-hmm. point in the movie for sure. And Lucy gets back in the car and she thinks this will be the last time I'm in a car yeah. with him. Yeah. <laughs> then they're driving. They keep getting into arguments, in your own head arguments. And he says... I'm gonna. I want to throw away these blizzards because they're gonna. I keep calling them blizzards. Dairy Queen's gonna come after me. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're blizzards. Um, so the, he keeps looking at the ice cream and goes, "Oh, we have to dump these. They're gonna melt." And she's like, "I just want to go home. What are you talking about? We're not gonna stop and just to throw these away. Uh-huh. We'll just, whatever." And he's like, "No, no. I know how to. Right. There's a narrow road up ahead." We'll just go down and we'll find a place to throw these away. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's like, are you kidding me? I just want to get home. It's snowing. It's blizzardy. It's late at night. At this point, I have severe anxiety. Me because too. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I speak for most people when I say that there's not been one point in time in your life where you've been homesick. There has to have been numerous, well, at least for me, there's been numerous points in time in my life where homesickness has been debilitating. And it's made me who I am today now because oddly enough, I have to know mm-hmm. where I'm at at all times because I, like, I know where mm-hmm. north, south, <laughs> east, west, I know it all. I know where I'm at. All the time. And so having her go through this, um, even in the beginning when they were in the car, I was taking note of what street they were on, like Mm -hmm. what landmarks they were passing. So at this point, when she started to just like push the subject, I was like, she needs to get home 
something needs to give because I'm freaking out. And that at that point in the movie, it overcome me for sure. And her being in this position, like in the passenger seat with an mm-hmm. angry partner behind the wheel. Yep. It's scary. I've been in that yep. position before where you you don't know where they're driving you. They're just mad at you. It's terrifying. <laughs> and you're yep. getting farther and farther yep. into um, isolation away from civilization. Yeah, isolation. It's a very scary situation. Yep. Oh, oh, giving me chills thinking about it. So they turn down this road and he's like, we'll just go really fast and we'll turn back around. The high school is down here. And yeah. she again says, this is a really narrow road. How do buses get down this road? And he says, it's a rural high school. So she's questioning him again and he again doesn't like it. It's a rural high school. And she goes, I grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. I went to a rural high school. My high school had paved streets. Yeah. And so was an apartment or was a farm? A farm, yeah. right? Again, so it went back, yeah. switched back and forth. So they get to the old high school and he starts explaining, oh yeah, it has this many classrooms, this many lockers, this many bathrooms, this many offices. And she goes, wow, you really know your old high school. And he says, like the back of my hand. And she looks yeah. down at his hand. It's an old man. Old man's hand. Old man's hand. And so he goes, throws away the blizzards, comes back into the car, and doesn't turn on the car. Oh, it's so fr- that part is so frustrating to me. I'm like, once you get back in, you just turn on and go. But he, like, sat there and was talking to her. like Right. And then he starts quoting Song Baby. It's cold outside. Mm. And then they get into an argument about that, about being... A song about <laughs> coercion, and then he mm-hmm. goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, babe. Let's kiss. Yeah. It's so disgusting. Because I you know. don't take responsibility for anything. You're just like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Here, make me feel good, right? Right, right. They're like, I'm hurting. You're not hurting. I am. Here, I, I'm I'm sorry that I hurt you. Now you can make me feel good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then he says, someone's watching us, the janitor. And he has like a flashback of it. And he goes, someone's watching us. And he gets really angry. And he goes and leaves her in the car. And the flash is so quick. It's just... What I'm presuming, I don't remember if it's Jake or not. You mm-hmm. do see the person. I don't. I just don't remember. It's the. It is the custodian. But he's looking through a hole. It is the custodian. Okay, so he's looking through a hole at something. You don't know what's on the mm-hmm. other side. You just see the hole and him, mm-hmm. and it's so quick. It's just mm-hmm. like bada bing and, and nothing else. Like someone's watching, that. and he leaves her in the car, and then she's alone with her thoughts, and she starts thinking. It's hard to say no. Why did I even say yes? He kept on bugging me. And she right. ends up, like, right. falling asleep in the car and waking up, and it's freezing cold. Jake's not back yet, and she's like, are you kidding? What the heck? And she gets out of the car and yells his name, yeah. but she closes the door, and then the door's locked, and now she can't get back in the car. So she goes into the high school mm-hmm. and runs into the janitor, where he says that he didn't see anyone else 
but he offers her his slippers. The same slippers. The same slippers that, that Jake, Jake offered. offered. And she says, no, no, of course not. She keeps going and she sees Jake in the hall. And when she sees Jake, then their body doubles come out mm-hmm. <laughs> and they go into the Oklahoma ballet <laughs> dream sequence. <laughs> Oh, it was so beautiful. But it is in that. It's their own, like. Obviously, they're referencing Oklahoma, the musical, and the ballet dream sequence. And they end theirs with a ballet dream sequence of Jake and Lucy dancing through the halls. Then they have a wedding. But the janitor comes and they end up fighting. And they end up back in the gym where it's snowing. And the custodian ends up stabbing jake it's all dance ballet um yeah interpretive and jake pulls out red ribbon to signify blood very salt block tango yes then it cuts to the custodian finishing cleaning now back to the real them so the dancers have yeah once the dancers are gone the real actors come back in and then they leave and the real custodian is there finishing up and then he goes and sits in his truck where he experiences some kind of physical attack and he starts getting flashbacks and hot flashes where we see his flashbacks are of his parents fighting Mm -hmm. Jake's parents his flashbacks are of him Jake when he was a child Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he starts seeing the Tulsi Mm -hmm. town ad from his childhood, start playing in the mm-hmm. window of his car. And then an animated pig yep. with maggots coming out of his stomach that he saw when he was a kid comes out and says, join me. And he follows him and he gets out of his truck, mm-hmm. butt ass naked. <laughs> butt naked. And walks butt through ass naked. the halls of the high school to an assembly where old Jake is giving a speech. Now, this is not the real old Jake, who's the custodian, but this is young Jake, who is in stage makeup, old age stage makeup, which is, if you've ever seen, like, theatrical makeup up close, for anyone who hasn't been involved in theater, you can look up pictures of it, but it's very over the top, very dramatic, very exaggerated. The lines exaggerated. are just like thick, dark contour lines, limited blending. Yes, yes. <laughs> just to create harsh lines, just... It looks scary up close, even though it looks... Uh-huh. From far away on a stage, it makes it... It does, You yeah. can tell that it's a old person. <laughs> right, right. So everyone is wearing this very exaggerated old age stage makeup. In the audience. And in the audience, everyone. And everyone in the audience were the high school kids in this makeup, except the parents, the girls who worked at the Tulsi town, mm-hmm. and Lucy yep. is there. Lucy is there, but in the old stage makeup. Yep, everybody. Parents mm-hmm. are in the old age stage makeup, Tulsi town workers, everyone in the audience, mm-hmm. everyone is in the old age stage makeup. So he then performs the speech his speech at the end of this movie is the same speech that's at the end of a beautiful mind then he goes and the set is wheeled out that looks like 
his childhood bedroom, but it's on Judd's little hut from Oklahoma. And inside of Judd's little hut is Jake's childhood yes. bedroom. Yes. Where he sings Lonely Room from Oklahoma and then gets a standing ovation. Um, and this is the last scene of the movie. And then it cuts to outside of the school the next morning where it's just Jake's truck there. Jake, the custodian, old man custodian, Jake's truck there, just covered in snow Mm -hmm. because he is inside Mm -hmm. of it, passed on. Um. And that is, I'm thinking of ending things. So (laughs) it's a lot. Just to explain that movie. It's a lot, yeah. It's a lot. So here is... Here is what is interesting about this movie mm-hmm. is that Lucy is not real. Right. Right. She's the narrator, but she's just a figment. A figment of Jake's imagination. And this is why so many details would change because in his mind, Oh, this girl I met when she was a waitress. Yeah. Oh, this girl I met at a trivia bar night. Yeah. When I take her home to meet my parents, my what age are my parents? Right. Right. And to me, following through with that, because again, I'm not to degrade myself, but I... I simply watch for the experience. I I try to watch and understand, but it was, there were so many possibilities in my brain that yes, obviously Jake was the custodian, but like there were so many different routes that I was thinking mm-hmm. of the ending of that movie and what the significance of mm-hmm. certain things were like Jimmy's urn and like, the dog never shaking. It's like he glitched out or never like returning back to normal. Every time mm-hmm. you see Jimmy, he was shaking the wet off of his fur and mm-hmm. just small nuances like that encapsulated my mind. So yes. I was constantly focused on smaller stuff. It's just than like, the whole picture. It's like the whole movie is just him yeah on the last the last day of his life thinking and imagining about all of these things yeah could have would have did happen maybe yeah and i think and thinking the worst like obviously from from your perspective if you're seeing your life flash through you like a movie there's there are a lot of good parts but you are definitely going to remember the bad parts and the hard mm-hmm. parts and the worst parts. And so mm-hmm. to me that had significance as well because you remember your parents as they age, you're seeing like the change in them, their their mm-hmm. craziness, their in what's the word I'm looking for? Their um not incompatibility, but like the just the small nuances that got under your skin. It was like all of that right. stuff. Every like pet peeve, every yeah. like way they push your buttons. And it 
at the end, I felt, I mean, I, I have, I have strange remorse for old people, but I was so heartbroken for Jake's character. Hmm. I was so, besides the peeping Tom thing, I was just so, um, sad that the old man died. I, and that's what he remembered of his life. That's kind of how I saw it. I think that he's a bad guy. I think so too. I think I absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. But the fact that I, because at the, until I clarified it was Jake, which mm-hmm. again didn't happen until the end. My, right, we don't know that. Until right, end, right. Obviously. So my heart was shattered for this old man who was suffering alone in a snowy <laughs> high school, rural high school. I was so <laughs> messed up over it. But you're right. Like I genuinely but think he's a bad guy. Knowing how he is as a young man. Oh, right, right. He mm-hmm. was aggressive he was controlling he was manipulative in a terrible what's what's <laughs> i want to say like ununderstanding, but would that just be standing <laughs> <laughs> he was just standing that's it <laughs> um yeah he had just But obviously his parents had mental issues they didn't know how to control or take care of. It projected. And they were passed down to him. So I do want to say that something I thought was really cute, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the end speech where he's quoting a beautiful mind, Mm -hmm. um, in order to use that speech from a beautiful mind in their movie, this is what Charlie Kaufman said. I've never spoken to Ron Howard in my life. I assume they got permission. (laughs) So hopefully they didn't get in too much trouble for taking that. I mean, it's on Netflix. So yeah, they got permission in the credits. It says they got permission. Yeah. And the credits also um, in the end credits, they, he credited all of the artists who did the oil paintings. Oh, in that's the movie. good. I thought that this movie was really interesting concept. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm jaded and I can't like watch so many scenes where I was just like, this is literally, I'm just looking at this, imagining Charlie Kaufman watching it and thinking of how great He's of an like, artist he is, which makes me like it makes me feel like it's less art, <laughs> even though it's not, and it shouldn't make me feel that way. But it's like I can't help but think of how much he just like is jerking himself to his own movie, is tooting his own horn. No, and and I get that, but when you sit down and break it down, it is an interesting movie. It's an interesting plot line. And I feel like, is it just, like, me being too small to appreciate art? (laughs) (laughs) Me don't think so, but who know? Welcome to my world, because that's how I felt the whole time. I was like, am I just not intelligent enough to understand what the hell's going on? Because really, I felt like a lot of this is just pretentious. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. You're just kind of the whole time like, who the f- who wrote this? <laughs> well, because I wasn't aware of who you know who did this. So mm. I I definitely had that thought once or twice throughout this movie. Right. So and it makes I did sense. too, even though I I did know who wrote this. Who wrote this? <laughs> or who allowed this? Who allowed it? But it was. I mean, the details are are important to a movie, and I think they do. Obviously, they, this movie is good. So I am going to give it seven flicks because <gasps> wow. it's good. It's a yeah. good movie, and I can't just say it's a bad movie because it's pretentious. Right. Even right. though it is pretentious, if I say it's a bad movie because of that, it just makes me look stupid. It's <laughs> <laughs> not true. It's your own. I'm just well, kidding. <laughs> your extent of opinion. I get that. I'm like, well, I don't understand the references. <laughs> seven clicks. Seven, seven clicks. Sorry. I, I don't have any better answer other than saying, you know what? Okay, here's, here's what I'll do because this is my opinion. I'm going to give it six click flicks. God, I will get it right, I swear. Six flicks because, again, my pea-sized brain here trying to keep up with the storyline made it um, made it all that more interesting in the end for me to learn all the loose ends for the most part. You have to kind mm-hmm. of connect them together. Mm-hmm. But also it I don't necessarily feel like a movie has to make sense, but it has to make sense for me. And um you understand that throughout the movie that there's going to be flashbacks, there's going to be things that happen in the blink of an eye with no explanation. Um, but in order for me to comprehend that <laughs> later on, <laughs> enables my score to be a six because I I would have liked to have a better a better example or explanation as to the um the constant back and forth of all of that i feel like they could have extended the answer a little bit better like when the mom just says he's angry deal mm-hmm. with it he doesn't like things being out of his control there could have been a little bit more elaboration in my opinion everything was like so many questions yep mm-hmm. kept being posed mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. Without any answers to tie them up. Visual answers I'm cool with, but... Which when you get to the end of the movie, there will be... There are questions, like, left unanswered. Absolutely. That when you watch it again, you're like, wait, did they ever actually address that? Or why did, right. like... Right. Like, oh, they never bring up the lambs again in the movie. I wonder why right. that was such a big deal. Right, right. <laughs> they <laughs> focused on really strange spot, spots and Right, arguments. so... Mm-hmm. It's like they purposely want you to ask questions about things they'll never answer. Right, right. All overall, though, extremely creative and extremely thought-provoking. I yes. enjoyed that entire process. Even though I was going through it mentally, I it enjoyed it. It was intense for me. Like I said, I watched it in three different, like, sit-downs because right. it's just intense. It, it is very intense. All the while a toddler running around making a bunch of noise. Oh, <laughs> oh, rough, but good overall. All right. Okay. 
Are we now, moving on to click? My, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I am so excited for this click. I'm so glad. That makes me happy. I bought it yesterday or two days ago. And you, you were able to play through it all, right? And I played through it. Oh, yes. God, I played through it. It's Go ahead. A very quick click um, to play through. A quick click. So. Yes. This week's click is To the Moon. It's an RPG game. And it is 16-bit. So, you know, not the most visually pleasing game, but also one of, I'd say easily one of the best story mm-hmm. games, short story games I've played ever. Very unique. It was, it was so gorgeous. Yes. In its storytelling. Yes. That it was like, visually, you didn't need, exactly. you didn't need it to be more exactly. than what it was. Lots of, um, lot uh, plenty of dialogue to give you the image that you need from that 16-bit mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start out understanding that the the main i want to say the main player or character of the game is part of Sigmund Corp and it's a it's a technology based job um where they go and create artificial memories for people it's like a wish for f- fulfillment for people mm-hmm. who are on their deathbed who mm-hmm. don't have much time to live um but they go and basically make this person's artificial wish come true. Right. Uh, what what I w- want to say yeah. really quick is that what's interesting is that this reminded me so much of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Which I don't know if you've seen that movie. But I haven't, but I've it's heard. About, it's about a corporation like this, a business, where they go in while you're sleeping and they erase parts of your memory. Oh, interesting. So, so they erase not, it. Right. So oh. it's a little bit different because in this game you're changing it and you're manufacturing memories. But, in, so, but it's the same kind of where they go in and they put this thing on him, which is a Charlie Kaufman movie who is the same director. <laughs> Oh my, we couldn't have So picked- as I was playing this game, I was like, should I have just picked Eternal Sunshine? <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> wow, that's that's something I, I'm, that's interesting. I'm going to have to watch that movie, actually. But, um, so anyway, so part of Sigmund Corp. Yeah, so Sigmund Corp, they're, they're just that job that um, go around and they create those artificial memories to fulfill those wishes. Um, they do get a call. It's Dr. Eva and Dr. Neil Watts, who are the two employers assigned to Johnny Wiles's case. Um, and basically all they know about the, the, the job is that he wants to go to the moon. Um, Mm -hmm. and Johnny doesn't know why. He doesn't know why he wants to go to the moon. So that was basically their job. They go in and they're trying to figure that out all the while creating his wish. A little bit rough, I would say, trying Uh to pull at scraps for that. It's the whole premise of the game is you're going through his memories to find out why and Mm -hmm. when um, that wish started. 
Johnny also, so when they arrive to the house, which took some traversing to get there, they arrive to what I would consider a mansion for a 16-bit right. game. Um, they're greeted. Right, it looks like wealthy. Right, right. Well, very big house. Um, he's They're immediately greeted with two kids, one playing the piano and another boy just off doing his thing. But there's also a caretaker for Johnny, um, who he, in short, hired to make sure everything else in the house goes okay and that he's okay and that he fulfills his wish. Um, Johnny did have a childhood sweetheart who he married, and her name is River. And... That, I know, I know. I cried for, like, um, an hour and a half while it, I was playing this game. It tugged really hard at the heartstrings because <laughs> as even, like, I'm a sucker, again, for those kind of storylines. It's just, it's it's something I find fascinating. But again, elderly people have have a right. hold on me. <laughs> um, so... You start off by trying to traverse his mind, which is a little hard because he is comatose when they meet him. Um, so they have to be very careful when they jump in time to go and try to find his memories. So they do a little bit of scavenging around the house uh, to go and look around and see what they could find. Um, all the while they find small bits and pieces that kind of help bring in a memory and once they conglomerate enough of those mementos they start a memory and um i can't remember the first memory oh gosh what was it dr skeeton access to the earliest childhood memories so the childhood memories start first is that correct no it's so they start going backwards in time so the first memory that they see is him, like, on the bridge by the lighthouse, and it's Lily there. And so they go up to him, and they start explaining to him where they're Oh, from. what they're doing there. And he goes, oh, I was just going to call you. And they're like, actually, you already have. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And do you see the lighthouse at that time? I can't recall. You can see the lighthouse, like, in the distance. Yes. Okay. Okay. So seeing seeing him for the first time, they didn't get enough information. Um, he also was pretty taken aback by them and just basically said, get me to the moon <laughs> or else. And uh, he was like, I don't know why I want to go. I just want to go. Right, right. Um. I'll, I'll go, I guess, in order. But yes, you do play the game backwards all the way to the childhood memories. Mm -hmm. um, trying to piece all of the things together. So it does leave so much suspense and so many questions until you're able to get to the end. Which is, which in my opinion, my favorite way to play mm -hmm. a game or read a book. I've... I can't tell you how many book series and, and TV shows that I've watched out of order for that same reason. It's weird, but I love it. To watch the end first. Yeah. And not then to go forward. Right. Not even the end, too. <laughs> like, I'll even start in the middle. And mm -hmm. I will 
because I just I, there's so much more fun in that to me. There is something interesting. I don't do that all the time, but I do remember there are certain shows where you hop in in the middle and then somehow you get hooked. Yes. And then you go back to the beginning and you watch it and you already know what's going to happen. Yes. Which is interesting. And then, then you like, don't know the ending. Yeah, because you're waiting to see how they get there, but right. then you keep going. So that's happened a few times. I usually start shows from the beginning because that's... Yeah, sh- shows definitely. Cause, Books cause are a little start. bit different, but... Oh, really? Oh, you'll just pick up and... Do it. Mm. Honestly, it's so Dangerous. interesting. I know, right? <laughs> Live on the wild side. <laughs> Anyways, so he's... Um, so Wait, where were we in the game? <laughs> yeah, so, so they... Um, for story's sake, I'm, I'm just going to go with, um, his childhood memories up, if you will, um, and touch on the major points, but the doctors through, um, through rigorous training reach all the way back to his childhood memories where he first met River Mm -hmm. and they met at a carnival and Johnny's mom was there, um, as well, they obviously. Were, how old were they? Like, I want to say they were five. Okay, that's probably what I was like. They don't say, I don't think. They don't say, but he looks so young that I want to say like five to seven. Easily, like, right? Yeah. Because I don't think they even go to school together yet. No, you're which right. Which would have they, to be like, what, preschool even? Maybe. So, yeah. maybe four. Maybe. <laughs> because they were, yeah, they weren't in school, you're right, at all. Um, right. But old enough to just play on the playground. And yeah. Like yeah. Wander, kind of wander around. Mm-hmm. They're not babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say, too, before you get to his childhood memories in the process of, of going backwards, you do find out a lot of like small hints towards the lighthouse, small hints towards. Mm-hmm. Right. You learn the whole story going backwards yeah you you see their wedding and you see um bar meets with their friends and stuff like that Mm -hmm. which again really interesting timeline um and it's as as their kids at this carnival um they kind of meander off yeah like you said into a playground like where they're by themselves but they look up at the night sky and see a constellation and it is a rabbit with a moon as its belly. Um, again, 16-bit has nothing on just the dialogue explaining it. It's really beautiful. Right. Um, and in order for them to unlock those memories, they had um, the doctors had to find a bunch of origami, different colored bunny rabbits. Yes. And so that detail in the beginning you're like why is river because because they're going through the house river was obsessed they find out that she was just making origami bunnies and they didn't know why but they picked one up to create a memory a memento and um so the kids mutually agree to meet at that same place the following year um promising that if if they forget or get lost, the two would regroup on the moon because again, they were kind of separated from the carnival. Right. But in order to regroup together to meet each other, 
they said, well, if you can't find each other, go to the moon. So that's where the wish starts um, after they reach that childhood memory. Um, So the thing is that mm -hmm. we can't get to this memory, though, Mm -hmm. on our first try. Not at all. Not at all. Because he had a traumatic experience right after. He did. Mm -hmm. And so then it blocked off this memory, which made it impossible for the doctors to get to this memory, which is why they couldn't figure out why he wanted to go to the moon. Right. And so what would happen is when they would enter his memory or enter his brain, I should say, um, they would hit this static wall um, and wouldn't be able to forgo it and if they did you know in if you can imagine the plane of the of existence if you will of the memory was blocked and fallen apart and it was staticky and you couldn't get to it but they they couldn't traverse that without there being something seriously to go wrong either to johnny or them so um they did have to um I forgot what initialized the the progression to find out that memory. Like, I forgot what memory or memento triggered it for them to be able to see what happened. I think it was the, was it the platypus? I can't recall. So what happened is they, they couldn't figure it out. So they left his memories and they called like their corporation again to uh-huh. look at his medical records and then they found out that he medical has rec- been on beta blockers. That's right. Okay. And then they had to go through a different way to get to access those memories that were being blocked. Got it. Okay. So mm-hmm. basically what it was explaining was that um uh after they access that memory through uh what they figured out were beta blockers um preventing him from remembering anything in that section of his life mm-hmm. um they were able to understand that Johnny and Joey they were both hanging out outside their home when a car tragically killed his twin brother Joey mm-hmm. um And his mother, instinctively, which I I understand from the mother's perspective, but this is the worst thing you could do to anybody. Like, if anything, like, the mother should have taken beta blockers. You know what I'm saying? (sighs) It's just so traumatic. She put her kid on meds, and she didn't get any help and totally went crazy. Yeah, just, like... She, uh, and ended up calling John Joey his whole life. Right, right. Which, thank God he didn't remember because that would have been even worse too. But yeah, horrible, horrible accident. Like I couldn't even, I cried a lot right there because the mom just like losing it over all of mm-hmm. that and then doing what she did to him. I was like, I, and, and at that point you would have been playing for at least a couple of hours now, so learning all of that up until that point right oh heavy and so they were able to understand he had the twin brother who was killed in the accident um but the beta blockers also prevented him from remembering the first encounter he had with river 
totally. Mm -hmm. So he didn't remember they went to the carnival. Right. Right. Right at the same time. Right. So he didn't remember the, um, the rabbit, the rabbit, the promise, um, for the most part. And they, um, they end up meeting again, him and river, uh, Johnny and river end up meeting again in high school, but she was kind of depicted as the, the loner girl, the strange girl, um, quiet. And in the, in the bar scene that you find along, um, going backwards of his memories, him and river and, um, a couple friend of theirs meet at a bar and they do explain in that situation that, um, Johnny and his friend are talking and he's talking about River and her progression in her disease. Um, So he, Johnny, as, as they meet in high school, um, he grows very fond of River. He's very drawn to her. Um, They do end up getting married. Like I mentioned before, and um, the River ends up realizing that Johnny forgot the memory of the carnival. Okay, so here's where I'm getting to to what the syndrome was. Mm-hmm. So what her like social syndrome was. Um, after Johnny confessed that he approached her in school because she was different. And that um, he thought that that was their first meeting. So he's explaining to River, like, no, I met you in school. Um, This is our first meeting. Um, Basically what this, what I've read upon it, is that River is strongly implied to have Asperger's syndrome. Mm. So... Which makes sense. In a way, it does. It does make sense. I feel like that term, though, is not what it's called anymore. I, I'm i not sure. I don't know. I think that that term is named after a doctor who was, like, a Nazi. <gasps> and so Stop. they don't call it Asperger's anymore. Oh, my God. I think I they just call it autism now. I think it's just on the autism spectrum now. If that's the case. But, again, I'm not the expert. <laughs> But I do know for sure that I don't think that that's what the term is anymore. Interesting. Okay. Well, I I would like to do more research on that and know for sure. So I don't, you know, So she that. probably... Probably did have autism, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so because she does have this... Um, because she is on the spectrum, let's just say that... Um, she does not tell Johnny directly about mm. their first meeting at all. Instead, what she does is create the rabbit origami and color, um, color coordinate them for the moon being the yellow one. And, mm. um, and all of these minuscule hints that you don't catch in the very beginning Right, and you're just wondering, what is the significance of the bunnies? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, obviously you find out... Um, that going it's back her to, way of just wanting to be understood. Right, and, and she Wanting to be remembered. Yeah, and she couldn't explain it to him because of her syndrome on her spectrum. 
she couldn't physically explain it to him. So her aggressive way of going about it was just creating a bunch of bunnies to remind him. And she she had no idea what actually happened to him because he didn't even know. Um, right. And she also tried cutting her hair. Um, like when she was a kid. Yeah, to, to like spark that memory for him. Um, so he would remember their, their kid meeting, um, and, you know, she would constantly wear blue and yellow, uh, dress to remind him of their wedding. She was, obviously she was unable to make Johnny remember that going to the moon was because of their first meeting. Like, we'll meet there when we die, we'll go there together. She was, she couldn't spark him, which was terrible. Mm -hmm. And so she ended up passing away. And that's when Johnny just had this inexplicable desire to get to the moon. I forgot what kept it planted, though. Because wasn't there, didn't she say something on their wedding night? Because they went to the lighthouse. So that they could look up and keep watching over the lighthouse. From the moon. Because she thought the stars in the sky were lighthouses. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, God, this game I'm going to cry again. This game is so good. <laughs> I know I'm telling it, like, mm. probably the worst way I could tell it, but oh. You're telling the story, but I feel like it's okay because when people play it, yeah. they'll get to experience it in a real way. Yeah. Um, Like, you're not spoiling the story, like, the feeling of the story when you go through it because right. you're not explaining it in the same order. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's also easier to tell that way too. <laughs> That's for sure. But I feel like if you you could still go back and play it like knowing what happens in the story and just like and still be in awe. Right. For sure. So just of how it's told. Right. So with that information to the doctors, they once they were finally able to get to his childhood memory, you know, the and also get past the beta blockers. They were finally able to try and conform a plan to be able to plant, basically reroute Johnny's life to be able to get to the moon, ultimately. Um, and right. their Rosaline and Watts' idea of implanting the memory involved Joey not getting killed. Um, so he... so. In Johnny's life, Joey didn't die. And in that alternate universe, uh, Joey became a popular author. And Joey did not meet River again until they started working at NASA. And that was a constant concern of, who was it? Was it Rosaline? Mm -hmm. Rosaline was so torn that that, uh, Johnny wouldn't meet River again um or that she would die i forget so basically in order for him to keep his desire to go to the moon there is a cut sequence of them like going through each memory trying to get him to be interested in going to the moon oh that's right uh no i'm not i don't really want to go to the moon (laughs) 
But yeah. In order, so they're like, we really need to get him to want to go to the moon. Right. And so they they go back, and the only way they can do that, since they agree that they're going to meet again on the moon if they don't see each other, uh-huh. is to make it so they don't see each other. So he doesn't get to meet River. So he has to go. That's right. And then he gets this idea that he will meet her on the moon. That's right. And even though that's not the motivation, like, to meet this girl on the moon the whole time, that's what starts it. And so yeah. since he doesn't go back and meet her again, he keeps this idea of wanting to go to the moon. Right. Thank you for clarifying that. Because yeah. that was that was also hard for me, too, just, like, knowing that he cared for her so much. And that was the whole premise of the game. Mm-hmm. Was just to get him like, to the moon to reunite, but oh, River was such such a good character in my opinion. Not mm-hmm. the typical, you know, woe is me kind of character. It was it was very much a a unique and interesting NPC that you felt for. Yeah. There was no part of her storyline that you questioned or worried about or didn't like. It was all very right. well told. Now, John, on the other hand, mm-hmm. I feel like with similar character traits as Jake in um, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, uh-huh. they both have this idea of, like, a girl. Mm-hmm. And, like, who they want their girlfriend to be. And it's this kind of, like, like, Jake in the movie, it's obviously in his head because he is making her up in his head. So it is this ideal girl that he's made up. Right. Um, right. But the the scary thing about John is that it's not a girl. This is a real girl. And he has this idea of her and is like, oh, she's so different. She's going to make my life different and blah, blah, blah. Man, right. pixie dream girl. Like, toxic syndrome. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Um, he he assigns this thing for her, and she doesn't know how to communicate with him, like what, she, like her needs, right? And like what she wants him to remember, right? And he will lie to her to make her to like manipulate situations, yeah, think and feel certain ways. And she can, like, see through it sometimes. But right, right. the fact that this is, like, their marriage, you know what I mean? And, like, yeah. I just don't think that he... I feel like both men are just kind of self-centered and, like... Hell-bent on their own um, right, like obligations. Like, the rules are different for them. And, like, everyone else should be worried about their life, you know what I mean? Right, right. And, like, kind of your, their idea of a partner is just, like... Somebody who benefits them. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing another person as a human being. You're just right. seeing an image of what you create to yeah. fit in your life of what you want. But no one is that. That's not what partnership is. Right. That's... If you want to buy a thing, you just buy... You just buy a thing. You right. know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> It's a very interesting perspective to, to uh, I mean, it's strange because I played the game before I watched the movie. So having that comparison is really interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, 
you're hell bent on getting Johnny to the moon and right. and reuniting. And Johnny explains that to his friend. He's like, I oh, want that's her right. in my life because she's so different. And he'll, she'll she'll make me different. I won't be like a normal, like typical guy. Right. And right. his friend's like, so you only want her because of what she can bring to you, not because of who she is. Yep. Um, yep. And he oh. goes back and tells River that, and that's when she starts making the rabbits. And he thinks that that's why she's upset, was that because he originally only wanted to talk to her because she was different. But yep. that's not why she was upset. It was because he didn't remember the first time they really right. talked. Oh, <laughs> oh, my brain is just flooded with it. Oh, my gosh. Just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, the rabbits. I want to make an origami rabbit now. I know, me too. I actually was like, oh, should I get an origami rabbit tattoo? <gasps> and I was like, oh, gosh, I've only been playing this game for two hours. <laughs> I'm like, and it's going to be over. Like, this game is going to have such a small... Climactic ending. <laughs> but but it was so, like, powerful emotionally in the moment that I was like, wow, this is, like, this is so... It was very, like, impactful for sure. I agree. For sure. I, I did not know what I was getting into when I played the game. And after, I was like, I'm so glad I did. Because it's so good. But yeah, ultimately, when... Um, he meets River at NASA, and they're both sharing the same urge to get to the moon. Um, dying Johnny is actually starting to die. He's starting to go. Mm-hmm. And um, he imagines going on a moon mission with River. And so the doctors are aware of this. They because they they can feel and sense and see that jo- uh, Johnny's life is fading, mm-hmm. and um, once it reaches to their to their mission point, Johnny and River board uh, board the ship, and they're getting ready to launch. And as they do, River holds out her hand to him, and the moon appears through the window of the ship, and Johnny takes her hand and then he starts to flatline basically mm-hmm. and the doctors realize that they've they've now accomplished what they were sought out to do and <sighs> in the new memory it goes back and shows well first like the freaking saddest thing is that the first thing that happens is they have to go back through all the memories and that they remove River from them. Oh, that's right. And then you, they add the brothers. So it's so, it's so heart wrenching because you're losing River, but then mm-hmm. you're, you're, he's getting these memories with his brother that he never had. Oh, he never got God. to grow up with his brother, and it's just like, uh, your, your heart can't take it. I know, <laughs> and you know what? Like, I, I did not. I can definitely say I did not see it coming that he had a twin brother, except for like a few hints here and there, right? <clears throat> but right. You don't realize that it's a bunk bed. No. That it matters that it's a bunk bed when you're going through the bedroom. Right. Right. But but then after after they redo the memories and then Yeah. 
Na she comes back to NASA and they meet. Then there are all these new memories of them yeah. now getting married and growing old and building the house to get there. Yeah, and Joey was a part of John's in the wedding. And in, in the real world, they couldn't afford her medical bills and the house. Right. But then they can go back and they rewrite, they redo all his memories so that now they could afford right. <laughs> the house and she didn't get sick. And so they both got to live on the cliff with the lighthouse. And, <laughs> and it's like, oh, there's a, there was a quote I wrote down. Uh-huh. And it says, the ending isn't any more important than any of the moments leading to it. And I feel like that is just the thesis of this game. And movie. And movie. And movie. <laughs> and this episode of our podcast. <laughs> because, but I feel like especially because this game, the how it shows you the memories and how it, how it like... First, you're going backwards. Then you go forward again, deleting and replacing. Yep. And then you, and then you're just making brand new memories mm -hmm. for him. And really, at the end of the day, his brother did die when he was yeah like five. Yeah. The reality and of it sets back. River in. really did get sick and really never did live with him in that house. And they really never went to the moon. I know. I know. <laughs> but. All of his memories that he's leaving this world with, the life that he's leaving with, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the ending isn't any more important than what's happening. Everything leading up to it because it's all the same. Yeah. And yeah, he wouldn't know any better. There's, there's no way for him to know any better, which, which I found such, I, I don't know. I found such comfort in because, right. you know, when you're listening to somebody recall a story that you were a part of and you hear things and like mm -hmm. experience things that they say that you're like, did that, did that really yes. happen? You know, yes. like it's all like your perception. When you're a kid and, like, mm -hmm. hearing memories from, like, your siblings. Yep. yep. Like, oh, you did this when you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, I did what? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you, and you're like, that's your perspective. This is right. mine. You're like, I remember the whole situation differently. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when John is dying at the end, even though none of those memories are real, does it really matter? Nope. Nope. And I mean, ultimately, he doesn't even recall, he's not even able to recall the actual memory of them setting the promise to get to the moon, per se. It's mm -hmm. really just that he ends with River. And it's just a happy life. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. it's... It's a crazy thing to consider as well, just because of... Um, if you can change all your memories on your deathbed... I know. So that you can die happy. Right, right. <laughs> I would pay for that, too. Right? I would, too. Honestly. But I, I... There's also the discrepancy of, like, well... 
why didn't you save your little... Oh, no, because he didn't know. But in my brain, I was like, why didn't you save your little brother? But I get it. <clears throat> oh, well, he... He had the beta blockers, but... Hmm. Just strange. It's just like a strange mind uh, mind puzzle that... It's, it's these kind of games and movies that have me messed up for the next week and a half just mm -hmm. contemplating life genuinely just like thinking about what is even real yeah like for me i'm like i drove to the post office today like that's meaningless <laughs> right or you're what like is it all? what's the point <laughs> and even uh, to go as far as saying like did i even go to the post office you know it's weird. i know your mind is so powerful in that sense that you mm -hmm. um that you're a few decisions away from changing your life or you're a few decisions away from from making a horrible mistake or whatever it is. And it's right. oh. mm -hmm. um ultimate I'm I'm gonna give this game this click an eight out of ten clicks because it was such a good story-based game, all the while still being mm -hmm. interactive, mm -hmm. still, you know, making you think through puzzles and think through things. Yeah. And the setup of the story, the storyline, it was perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I only gave it eight because of the graphics. And again, yeah. your, your brain <laughs> is powerful enough to it's connect okay. the two and make yeah. it more beautiful than what it looks like. But, but... Could you imagine a game with full graphics to that extent? I, mm. I just, I, I, I'm a sucker. I like it. Yeah. I suck okay, that a lot. Okay, so I'm going to give it an eight also. And for me, it's just losing two points on obviously graphics and just because it's short. It's very short. But like this storyline and how deep it goes and everything it's just so intricate and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I want to say about storytelling is that you can tell a good story and make someone feel good. Mm -hmm. And you can tell a good story and make someone feel uncomfortable and stressed out the whole time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it still be, it still be good. To and I, and it's still good and it's well done. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you're able to do it good and do it well done and there are positive emotions that can be gained from it, uh -huh. I feel like that should be the ideal. I agree. Whether whether that be a bad situation in the story or not, mm -hmm. like because this so, one is hypothetical, the game is hypothetical as far as his memories go. Uh -huh. It didn't really happen in real life. It's still but, good. But it's a happy ending. Too, exactly. You know? Exactly. It make, it's making you feel... This game just does... Ma it makes you feel good. Even though you're crying and sad, there's so many happy tears because even... It's beautiful. It's it like is. The tears come because you're like overwhelmed with beauty. Right. Whereas right. in the movie... <laughs> You're so overwhelmed, but mm -hmm. it's not with beauty and you're not crying. You're just kind of getting more and more uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And like drawn it. Like, 
not to say that it's not done well. And as far as storytelling goes, they both kind of approached it. Similarly. Similarly. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. Interestingly. Mm -hmm. I know. I can't believe we we paired these two. But they make you feel so different. I know. I know they did kind of go together in a weird like weird way as I was watching the movie and playing the game cuz like I cuz I didn't watch the movie all at once mm-hmm. so I would play a little bit of the game watch a little bit of the movie play a little bit of the game watch and I'm like huh Oh that must are... have been crazy. <laughs> it was a little bit it was a little bit much but <laughs> Ooh, it was good it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Anyway my friend we've been recording for 2 hours now. Yes. I believe that's enough for any one to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, two very good clicks and flicks. Click and flick is a very good mm. s- selection we had. Yes. But uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for if you made it this far. Yes. Congratulations. Achievement unlocked. It's a feat. Yes. You get a trophy. Okay. Good night. Good night. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening and sticking around. If you enjoyed what you heard, subscribe and follow for some more Click and Flick content. If you'd like to hear us talk about your favorite movies and video games, you can send us your suggestions to clickandflickpodcast at gmail.com. That's click, A-N-D, flick, podcast at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you guys. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.